Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Understanding the Law. Your host for the program is Peter Lamont. Mr. Lamont is a business and personal law attorney and the principal of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont. The firm has offices in New Jersey, New York, Colorado, Puerto Rico, and affiliated offices throughout the country. Understanding the Law is a weekly radio broadcast discussing a variety of legal topics that affect our listeners. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. As always, we welcome calls from our listeners. If you wish to discuss any of today's topics, please call our switchboard at 347-855-8831. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Good Monday morning and welcome to episode 54. Today we are fortunate to have with us Sue Collins. She's a co-founder of the New Jersey Alliance for Informed Choice in Vaccination, and we'll be speaking with her in just a moment. I would like to thank today's sponsor. Pogan Poll U.S. is the world's leading and oldest European cabinet company. If you are interested in learning more about Pogan Poll, you can visit them online at www.poganpoll.com. We'd like to thank our sponsor. Uh, Sue, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, too. So today we're going to be talking about, um, with respect to primarily New Jersey law, but it does have uh, a far-reaching effect because it's something that's a topic in, in the 50 states, and that is a parent's right to refuse mandatory vaccinations and so um, when, let's start that topic. Sue, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this organization, the New Jersey Alliance for Informed Choice and Vaccination. Um, sure. So I've been involved with the group for about 17 years um, as one of the co-founders of the organization, and we are also a member of the New Jersey Coalition for Vaccination Choice. And our whole um, our group is basically there to help provide parents with a, an avenue to learn about what vaccines are or are not required in New Jersey, what their options are, and what they can, they can do. Um, we are about vaccination choice and feel that when it comes to the issue of vaccinations that it's imperative that parents have the option to decide what they feel is right or not for their family, and that especially when it comes to vaccines, which are a medical procedure that will carry some risks for some, that a parent must have informed consent and the option to educate themselves on the issue and decide uh, whether or not they think this is something for their family. Um, so we will never tell someone that they should not get particular vaccines or that they should get particular vaccines because everybody, as we know, is different and everyone needs to make that decision and that choice for their family. 
And that's one of the reasons why we're, I would say, working toward legislation in New Jersey to provide a true choice uh, when it does come to vaccinations. Yes, and it's interesting because right now, and we'll get into it in a second, but I want to talk a little bit more about your background first. But right now, uh, there are mandatory vaccinations, as most parents know, if they don't get their children vaccinated unless they're part of um, special exemptions, they can't go to school. So you essentially have the government, the state, telling you what you must or must not do. And we'll get into that in a second. But Sue, tell me, how did you get involved in this organization? What sort of, uh, you know, was this just something that you were always interested in, parental rights, or did something in, in particular happen? Um, well, um, for me, I know a lot of people who have children who are injured from vaccinations, and that's their first, you know, introduction to this whole issue and the realization that vaccines can sometimes be detrimental to some people. Um, I, fortunately, we have a religious exemption for our children, so I came into the issue from that particular angle, and then the more I, you know, researched and learned the science behind it and what was in the vaccines and some of the issues related to that, um, it became kind of an all-encompassing, for me, um, a health issue as well as a scientific issue as well as a religious issue. Uh, and just me having the opportunity to be able to be out there and advocate for others who may not be as fortunate or have the time because they are dealing with a severely injured child, um, that, that was something I just needed to do and needed to protect not only the rights for myself and my family, but also the rights for, of other parents. And that's kind of what, kind of an issue that I keep being drawn to and can't get away from at this point. Right. Well, let's talk about the law for a second, because presently in New Jersey, there's, there's only two ways to um, essentially exercise your freedom of choice with respect to getting your children vaccinated. And that's A, the religious exemption, which you mentioned, and B, the medical exemption. Uh, and this is all codified under the state statutes and, you know, various portions of the administrative code. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the religious exemption. So you said that your kids qualify for, um, you know, freedom of choice, essentially, under the religious exemption. What is your working knowledge and experience with that religious exemption? How does that work so that, that people well, can understand? Uh, right. The religious exemption. And right now, um, all... 48 of the 50 states all offer that religious exemption option. Um, there are about 20 states that have a choice and a conscientious exemption, and only two states, Mississippi and West Virginia, only permit a medical exemption. Um, but the religious exemption in New Jersey is protected by state statute, and it basically states that a parent, if they have religious objections to vaccinations, needs to write a letter indicating that, and that letter then goes into the child's medical file in place of the required vaccinations um, so that each school, because they are audited by the state, um, then and every child has to be up to date on their vaccinations or have exemptions on file. So this way when the state comes in, they can see that the children either have what's re required or an exemption letter on a file, and that would qualify and meet the requirements um, of the state. Now, it's interesting because the religious exemption, while they don't ask you specifics about your religion per se, my understanding is that you have to provide some sort of background or support um, to justify the religious exemption. You can't just say, you know, I'm uh, part of the tree religion and that's why. There's got to be some uh, reference to your religion. Is that your understanding? Um, it, and now, 
it, it's changed over the years. Um, the state statute is very clear that states, a parent just needs to indicate that vaccinations conflict with their religious beliefs. From that, they, there's a regulatory process where the, the health department draws up the rules and regulations on how that statute is going to be enforced. And over the years, that got away from the, the statute and started to say things like a parent must explain how vaccinations conflict with their bona fide tenets and religious beliefs, and it kept um, moving away from that. Um, so we were very vocal and had lots of meetings saying, wait a minute, this is starting to really infringe upon parents' rights religious discrimination, a whole host of issues. Um, eventually, um, and this is going back now, I'm going to say two or three, no, more, more like four or five, um, when Corzine was in office, um, there was a memo drafted that said we need to bring the statute back in line, the, the regulations back in line with the state statute, which they did. So now the regulations are close to the statute. Um, one of the problems we're finding is that there's some bills that are coming up in the New Jersey legislature that would very much curtail and limit the religious exemption. Uh, New Jersey does have a two-year legislative cycle, so we were able to fend off one of these bills in particular last session. Um, this January started a whole new two-year legislative session. So this bill was reintroduced along with some others. So we're keeping an eye on that and hoping that doesn't come to committee because that bill would um, specifically require parents to go into very detailed about their exact tenants, how each tenant conflicts with a particular part of a vaccination, and then this would also be open to refusal or interpretation by a state official to decide whether they thought that your religious beliefs qualified or were good enough to satisfy the law. So that's something we um, obviously don't want to see passed. Um, religious beliefs are something that can be very personal, and I, it's not anyone in state government's right to decide what you believe and how you believe it and how you practice your religion. Um, so that's something that we want to make sure does not um, ever pass in New Jersey. Right. But now it's, it's, now it's very straightforward that you need to indicate you have religious beliefs um, that are contrary to vaccination, and that needs to be in writing in a letter that goes into your child's medical file. All right, and, the and it's second, also very clear that you have to, it has to be religious beliefs. It cannot be a right. conscientious or philosophical belief. Right, it can't be moral. It can't be, it's got to be right. based on some sort of religious tenet. Um, right. All right, and the second exemption is medical exemption. And that essentially, my understanding is that if you've got a medical condition that might conflict with a particular vaccination, that you're exempt. How does that work exactly? That's one that a doctor or um, a nurse practitioner needs to write. Um, it needs to follow some strict guidelines put out by the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, and it usually it exempts from just certain vaccinations for a certain period of time, and most often it has, you have to have had a reaction to that particular vaccine in the past or be allergic to a particular ingredient in the va vaccine. So it's very um, difficult to get. Um, not many of them are written, um, not many doctors are willing to even acknowledge that a vaccine may have caused a problem. Um, and I've heard, and I don't, you know, for a fact, parents who have had their medical exemptions declined in New Jersey, um, but I don't know the, the details of all that, but it's a very difficult exemption to obtain. And again, you, you know, have to prove a prior reaction and you're only exempt for a certain amount of time, and that sort of thing. And so in New Jersey, if the religious exemption is curtailed, 
the way it's, it's seemed to trend now, then that leaves you with a very difficult medical exemption, and that's the only way that you would be able to get this freedom of choice. Right, and, that's, and, it's, and it's, a medical exemption is hardly a choice if you have a child right. who you know, has a medical condition that prohibits vaccinations or you know is going to harm them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm referring to freedom of choice. The whole, the whole choice. Right, no, I'm referring to freedom of choice as being, uh, let, let's call it what this is. I mean, people don't, if they don't want to get their children vaccinated, isn't that freedom of choice? And you're having the state say, no, you must. And so, right. you know, this is becoming very, very confusing. But let's get into some of the debate because, first of all, you know, there are many celebrities and, you know, regular old people like you and me who have spoken out against vaccinations because they have a child or they know of a child who has had an adverse reaction, and that's putting it mildly, to a vaccination. There are a number of people who believe that autism and autism-related conditions or, or spectrum disorders are somehow related to vaccinations. There have been studies both overseas and here with conflicting data. Um, you know, there's no disputing the fact that New Jersey has one of the highest rates of autism in children and also has one of the most restrictive um, laws concerning what diseases you need to be vaccinated for. So that's one side of the debate where you've got people saying it can cause autism, it can cause other conditions, and it's not right that we have to do it. Then there's a splinter group off of that you know, section that are more... Um, and I, I don't know, I, I guess um, conspiracy theorist type who will say that this is Big Pharma's way of making money and they're kind of trumping up what these diseases are. Um, you go back to when there was the, um, the flu vaccine and they were switching it up to include, what was that? That wasn't the bird flu, was it? The H1N1. And that's yeah, that's right. This past season, I think, was the first year that the flu vaccine was four strains versus three strains. Right. Um, and there was a lot of problems with adding that fourth strain and um, side effects and reactions. Um, and right, and, and that's um, now you can't get the flu shot without that. You know, it's the H1N1 right. is part of it. So you've got those cons conspiracy theorists that say this is, there's more to this than your health. This is about big business. This is about, you know, companies making money, and they're doing so at the expense of our children's health. And then you've got those people, you know, and there's only two more, so, and then we'll talk. Um, you've got the religious people that are, I don't even want to say religious, they're the types that say, all right, you know, I'm going to wrap a snake around my kid's neck, he's going to get bitten, and everything's going to be better. And, and so more of those fringe religious groups that don't believe in any medical treatment. And then you've got the people that say, well, wait a minute, this isn't right. If you don't get your kid vaccinated, then everyone else in the class is exposed to diseases and diseases that we haven't seen in years like, um, you know, uh, smallpox. And that's how the, the, the plague started back in the Middle Ages. And if, if you don't have your children vaccinated, everyone's going to suffer and disease is going to run rampant. So you've got sort of those four areas of people. Let's talk a little bit about those four groups. And how does, first of all, the New Jersey Alliance for Informed Choice and Vaccination, how do they fit in, if you had to categorize them, do they fit into one of those groups? Or is this purely a freedom of choice organization? Um, we're 
purely a freedom of choice organization, and there's obviously members within our group who may run the gamut from one end to the other, um, but our group officially, again, is about choice and that I, I can know what I think is right for my family, but I have no idea to know what's right for your family or your children or what's, what's happening in your life. So therefore, I can't begin to tell you what you should or shouldn't do or try to tell you you have to do it my way. Um, again, it needs to be everyone's choice. Um, there's risks and benefits of vaccinating. There's risks and benefits of not vaccinating. And as a parent, you need to decide which risks you're willing to incur and which benefits potentially you want to have. Um, and that's why I just always encourage parents to do the research, read, find out what's in the vaccines. Now that we're giving children multiple vaccines in each visit, um, looking at the list, and the CDC actually has a list um, that you can just Google it and go to their website that shows every vaccine and what's in it. And then you can kind of get a sense of what is going to be happening to your child when you go to that doctor's visit. Um, and when we're giving so many vaccines at once, if a child does have a reaction, it's hard to determine what they reacted to. Uh, whereas if we can spread them out, then you may say, all right, they had a reaction to this one, but, I, but they're okay with this one. I want, you know, but with giving six or seven vaccines in one visit, uh, that makes that very difficult. Um, but getting back to the, the different groups and the groupings, um, starting with the whole idea that if, you know, if I don't vaccinate, I'm putting everybody else at risk, I think we need to really re-examine that and rethink that. Um, if you're healthy, you're healthy. A strong immune system is what's going to keep you from getting a disease. If you feel a strong immune system is obtained by injecting a vaccine, that's one thing. If you feel the diet and the other things that you do in your day-to-day -day life to keep your children healthy is going to give them a strong immune system, then that's another option. Um, but what we're starting to find is with a lot of these so-called outbreaks that are occurring, they are among the vaccinated um, because some newer research is coming out indicating that when we are vaccinating, especially with the live virus vaccines, people have the potential of shedding those viruses for up to six weeks. And therefore, a child who has a new, newly vaccinated against a chickenpox, MMR, going into a school setting is actually exposing all of their classmates to the measles, mumps, and rubella, or chickenpox. Um, so it doesn't really have anything to do with the vaccination stat or the non-vaccinating non children, but the failure of the vaccines, the live viruses in the vaccines that are promoting these diseases. And I think we're seeing spikes in some of them because of that. Um, diseases are cyclical. Um, they ebb and flow. Um, many diseases were almost eradicated on their own before vaccines were introduced. Um, and I think we're giving ourselves sometimes a false sense of security by just assuming if we're vaccinating and vaccinating enough people, we've protected everyone. Because um, nature, nature changes. Diseases and viruses and bacteria are very, that's how they survive. They mutate and they change. And we're finding that oftentimes now the vaccines are not matching the strain of the disease that's out there. Um, so the vaccines are not offering the protection that is promised. And that, again, needs to be an option that parents have the opportunity to decide what they want to do. So that's, that's sort of the argument, you know, where, oh, I got, you know, the flu shot this year and I end up getting the flu. You know? right. So how did that protect me? So that's, that's the one, you know, side of the coin there. But what about, um, what about some of the diseases that, and, and you know, this is just, you, right, let me take a step back. You go to the doctor's office and you say to a doctor, I don't want to put my child at risk. I haven't met any pediatrician, and we've been to a ton, I haven't met anyone that says, you know, there's a chance, there's a risk, uh, 
all I've ever heard is, you know, you're being irresponsible if you don't vaccinate. This is perfectly safe. They'll be sicker if they don't get it. Who's feeding them that line then, you know, as opposed to what you're saying? Right. Well, I think it's just in our culture, it's so indoctrinated that, um, and no one gives it a second thought. You know, in medical school, which is you know sponsored by a lot of pharmaceutical companies, and I've talked to doctors who've gone through medical school. They said, yeah, we really don't focus that much on vaccines. There's one class for a couple hours, and then we go in. Basically, vaccines were the thing that saved us all, and we move on. Um, and they never look more deeply um, into that. And I think it's just part of our culture and part of the our medical establishment that we just you know, there's always a drug that's the answer to something. And, right. and that's what I think it's just kind of our modern medical model is based upon that. And I think, again, the pharmaceutical companies, I mean, they're in the business to turn a profit. They have shareholders. They are in the business of producing drugs and medications that they want us to take. And if we don't take them, then they're not going to make the money. <laughs> so... Now, does the organization believe that? Because, I mean, there are millions of people in the world that do believe that, that this is a big pharma, big business. Hey, we're going to make these drugs because we get rich. Do you believe that? Well, I think, I mean, they're, that's their business. I mean, that they want to turn a profit. Um, I don't think that they're going and they're saying we, you know, in an, in an evil mind, I mean, they're, they're, most of them are assuming they're helping people by and I'm not going to say there's not drugs that are on the market that are beneficial and are needed, and yes, I agree with that. Um, but with anything, I think, again, it comes down to a choice. And just as where one medication may be great for one person and solve their problems, for another person it may create more problems and have serious side effects. So it's all kind of bundled into that, um, that same thing. And I think what's lacking is the independent research. Um, right now, a lot of the pharmaceutical companies are doing their own research and reporting their own outcomes, and we are we're almost doing studies to prove a result we want to have happen versus a true right. study that we're seeing how it comes out, and we're tailoring things to, for an outcome that we want um, because money is invested in it. And I think that's where some of the problems occur, um, and especially as we add more and more vaccines to the childhood schedule, we aren't doing the studies to see how these vaccines react in combination with one another. Um, we just add one more and aren't looking at all that. And what's starting to come out is also showing that when we do these combination of vaccines, not only is there a chance for increased side effects, but the vaccines may actually be negating each other and making each vaccine less effective in what it's, it's supposed to do. Um, and we need that kind of research done. We need more monitoring. Um, we had, like with the HPV vaccine, which is the one for the cervical cancer, um, that vaccine was fast-tracked. Um, it was in the process of some studies being done. Um, Merck petitioned the FDA saying we have a new product that's none, not like anything else out there on the market. We need to make sure this gets to the market as soon as possible. It was fast-tracked to approval, and once it was approved, the studies that were in progress were halted. Um, and it's those types of things and not the follow-through, the conflict of interest between the CDC and the pharmaceutical companies and the FDA, that's the problem. So we're not seeing the real independent studies, the monitoring, the safety studies that should be and need to be done. And we're not doing true double-blind studies. We're seeing right. how one vaccine reacts more than another vaccine, but they still both have components in them that aren't necessarily what they should be versus 
no vaccine, a placebo versus a vaccine. Like we just haven't done due diligence. So that's on certainly what needs to be done. Yeah, it's a very interesting point that you make because. You know, in just about any profession or business, right, whether you're a lawyer or an accountant, you know, whatever you are, there's always the conflict of interest issue that you have to deal with. And if you look at a lot of the studies that even things that are on television commercials or some of the drug commercials, they, they disclose the fact that these studies were conducted by their own laboratories. So where's the conflict of interest there? Don't you think that that is a conflict? And should they be able to run their own studies? I definitely think that there should be independent studies, and I think that's where it's where you get down to the fund. Who's going to fund it? Um, the pharmaceutical companies certainly have more money than some independent researcher, and that's, I, I think, part of the crux of the problem is, you know, the fox watching the hen house, and we're not getting accurate data um, there's, you know, things come up where some data is just never brought to light. If something, a study's not going the way they want it to go, then those results are never published. Um, and one of the real problematic things about, especially the whole vaccine issue, is that vaccine manufacturers do not incur any liability uh, for side effects. Um, when the, um, in the, back in the 80s when the, it was passed, it was now a tax on every vaccine goes into a public fund, and so when there is a reaction or if somebody files a lawsuit or a claim, it goes, it's taken from that fund. So the pharmaceutical companies have no liability. So here they are creating a product that now we're mandating that everyone must take, yet if you do have a reaction or a side effect, they're not liable. And that's yeah. um, another huge problem because, again, there's no incentive for them to make a safer or a better product because they're not having any ramifications when something goes wrong. Yeah, and, and I think that... That's a huge part of the problem. 90% of the people in this country aren't aware of that. That issue was sort of brought back to the surface when the H1N1 virus um, came out and when that was going to be worked into the flu shot because people were inquiring, well, what does this mean? Why do I have to do this? But that's, I mean, it's fascinating because I'm not aware of any other industry with the exception of municipal government, which has immunities, you know, to say blanket, hey, there's no liability here. And that doesn't make any sense in our legal system to me. And it gives someone, you know, they've got tons of money. They've got executives making millions and millions of dollars. And now they're all exempt from liability. I don't even understand the rationale behind that. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I mean, what what a great you know marketer's dream! I can create a product, make everybody take it, and then walk away without any ramifications when it goes wrong. I mean, that's every you know most companies would sign up for that option, but that's I mean again conflict of interest and just the ethicalness of that type of thing. Um, and that's I think why we're seeing all these problems. And I think yeah. parents. You know, are, are oftentimes when they do have a child with a vaccine reaction, the doctor won't acknowledge that that was the problem. Um, parents can, on their own, file a vaccine adverse event reporting system, and I would encourage anyone to do that if they have or suspect that their child has a reaction. And I think our government in particular needs to start listening to parents and not the pharmaceutical companies. Parents know their kids. They know what's happening to their kids. And until our government decides that the people are more important over the corporations and over profits, um, we're going to continue down the path that we are, um, which is why I always tell parents it's imperative that 
you get to know your legislators. I mean, New Jersey, everybody has two assembly members and one senator, um, and they need to know who you are and know that they are representing you and do what's right by you. Um, because down in Trenton, it's all the lobbyists and it's all the pharmaceutical companies. And when we go down there as a couple parents, um, they're not used to seeing constituents. And they only hear one side a lot of times, and they need to really hear from the people in New Jersey. So I would just encourage you whenever there's a local event that your legislator's at, whether it's Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. This is a you know bipartisan issue that you need to be there um, introduce yourself, let them know who you are, and then just stay in contact with them so that you can provide them with information and let them know what issues you care about, and it, that's crucial. Yeah, and, you know, for those people who say, well, why would I do that? It's just me, and nobody's going to listen to me. That's absolutely not true. You know, if you believe and you're passionate enough about some issue, um, absolutely go down. And, and, I mean, that what you just said is so important for everything from gun control to vaccinations to other things that people in the state feel strongly about. Don't just sit back and do nothing. You know, you should take action. How, how often do you go down to Trenton, would you say? Um, it depends. At the end of the last session when there was a flurry of all kinds of bills trying to get passed, we were probably going down um, four or five times a month. Um, now with them dealing with budget issues and the new session, it's a little quieter. The legislators usually, legislature is usually in session on Mondays and Thursdays, um, so those are the, typically the days that we would go down. Um, and if you go to the, you can Google, you know, the New Jersey State Legislative website, you can click on the calendar and it will tell you what committees are meeting and you can click on there to find out what bills they're hearing. And you can Google and search bills in the state by number or by keyword, and then you can also even get on a list so that if something starts to happen on that bill, you'll get an email um, regarding it. Sometimes it's not as timely as, would be ideal, but it's a good way to start to keep in, on top of the issues that you care about. Um, and yeah. again, getting to know your legislators just in district, you know, not always having to travel to Trenton um, makes such a difference because you know, everything's about relationships. And if someone knows you and they respect you and they value your opinion, then they're more likely to listen to what you have to say. Um, if you go in there just angry or ranting or, you know, trying to embarrass them or be disrespectful, then that's, they're not going to want to listen to you. But the more you yeah. can talk to them and just say, look, I'm a regular person in your district and these are my concerns, um, you, you get much farther with that. And they, they want, I mean, they're regular people too that often just don't have knowledge of this issue. And they need to, you know, be given the information and shown the studies and what's out there. Let me ask you a personal question. If, if you know, if you don't feel comfortable answering, then, then just let me know. But as far as uh, your kids and antibiotics and other medications, do your kids take antibiotics and medications like that? Um, if they need something, um, I'm not adverse to giving it to them. I try to, you know, they're both actually vegetarians uh, for the most part. Um, we try to eat an organic diet. Um, my younger son, who will, is almost 15, has never had an antibiotic. He's just never sick. <laughs> he doesn't ever need one. Right. My older son... Um, he's almost 18. He's maybe had antibiotics two to three times. Um, so definitely if there's – I have no problem in treating something that they have or helping them get through an illness. I just don't see, for me, the injecting something in them that – when they're not sick. You know, if they're yeah, I, I wanted to – You know, I, I just – like, that's my – and I feel – like, personally, if, if, they, if I give them a vaccine and they have a reaction, I can't – 
I can't get that out of them. I can't. I'm helpless. But if they get an illness or are sick, then I have tools and things that I can do to help them get through that illness. And that's uh, that's much. I I can handle that because I can, you know, do something about that. I think that's an interesting point to make because most people that I've spoken to, especially in preparation for today's show, they believe that people that don't want to vaccinate their kids are crazy and. You know, they live out in, in, in cabins and, you know, in the woods with no electricity or running water. And that's just not true. And they also believe that, oh, if they don't want to vaccinate, they don't want to treat and they don't want to use modern medical um, options to help people feel better. And that's just not true. I think what we see in the media and on the news are those extremist groups that maybe don't, uh, you know, believe in any medication or any medical treatment. And when you look at that, you certainly as an an average person would say that's really unusual. It might not appear normal to to you, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the freedom of choice concerning vaccinations, but nobody is suggesting that you don't get medical treatment when conditions warrant. Right. And it's it's interesting with this whole issue, the finding – you know, some research that's done that the more educated the parents are and the higher levels of education and schooling they have, the more likely they are to question vaccinations and possibly not vaccinate. So I think a lot of the stuff we see in the media and a lot of the blogs um, are there to just kind of incite people and put parent against parent. And that's what I always try to talk to people about and say, look, you know, we're all parents trying to do what's best for our kids and our family. We all want to raise healthy, vibrant adults, you know, with a you know, a future, a bright future. So, and there's a whole range that parents fall into, and, you know, we're all on the same side in that sense. So we can't continue to be so angry and so visceral to others who are making different choices than we are. As long as you're educating yourself and making the decision that you feel is right for your family, then that's your right and that's your prerogative, and we all need to be accepting of each other's decisions and not just attacking and saying, well, you're doing it the wrong way and you have to do it my way because... That's, that's not going to work, and that doesn't right. work. And I think some of these blogs are, you know, people on there are trying to, to incite that and to rile everybody up because I've found the people that I talk to, when you explain to them how you feel parents should have a choice and why you may have decided not to vaccinate, they understand, they get it, and they go, I agree with you. I think it should be a choice. And it's not so hard for people to understand that um, in, in most general conversations. Right. Now, let's, let me ask you this. Okay, I believe that, you know, governmental control is is okay in moderation, but excessive governmental controls are detrimental to our freedoms. And this is certainly one of those issues where you can see the freedom aspect of it and you can say, I don't want someone to tell me what I must put into my child. Uh, you know, when you think about it that way, you have a chemical compound that doesn't have all of the, you know, or the extent of testing that, you know, maybe you or me as parents would want to see, and you're being told that you must take it. And, you know, if there were no problems with medication, and, and if there were no class actions, and there were no medications on the market that are pulled two years later, and they say, hey, by the way, all this medication, you know, causes this disease and that disease, maybe people would feel differently. But the fact is that the state is telling you, the government is telling you, you must do this. And you can clearly see 
through all the uh, medications, primarily in the adult um, pharmaceutical you know, market, look at all the medications that are pulled and they realize that they cause you know, tumors and, and other cancers and they pull them off the market and then, of course, there's a class action. But it's so ingrained into society that you must vaccinate. What sort of chance do you think you know, your organization and others like your organization have to sort of shift that tide and, and make people start questioning why are they taking what they're being told to take? Because, you know, really everybody just thinks, well, you have to. But right. nobody's saying, well, why do you have to? Right. And I, I think things are, are starting to change. I mean, obviously with the Internet and people having access to information and documents and being able to find information, find other parents, um, I think – that that is starting to happen, and people are no longer just saying, oh, my doctor told me that, so I'm just going to trust my that and not question it. I mean, people are starting to take their health care into their own hands and research things, you know, get second opinions. If you're going to, you know, you can Google whatever medication you've been prescribed and find out what some of the potential side effects are and what other options may be. So I think, I think it is happening, and I think that, again, the whole saying of knowledge is power. I mean, once you have the information, that can't be taken away. Um, it's, it's the parents who are making decisions or the people who are making decisions just because they're told to or because that's the way it is. Um, that, that's, I think, the problem. If you've made a decision because you've educated yourself and you have the information, then that's, that's great. That's what it should be. Um, and people just need to take responsibility um, for themselves and their families and you know, find the information and make that educated decision. Um, and that's all you know, we say, too, is like, Parents need to have the information, make sure they have all the information. Um, and a lot of these legislation will talk about, um, like there's one that's a, the flu shot for healthcare workers, and there's a whole education component of it, but the education component of it is all about how beneficial the flu shot is and why you should get it. Um, right. And without indicating that there may be side effects or these are some of the people who may not want to get it. Um, so, you know, constantly trying to make sure when legislation is passed that it's all the information, um, not just one-sided information. Um, so it's, it's obvious, yes, it is a constant battle, um, but it's something that um, I think it's starting to um, change. There's a lot more parent groups like the Holistic Moms Network, which is a nationwide organization that was started here in New Jersey. Um, I think there's chapters in every county. Um, it's parents, you know, coming together to talk about their experiences, share information, um, and groups like that are um, very important, um, parents finding each other and realizing that you're not alone in this, that everyone is kind of going through the same thing, questioning things, trying to do what's best for their kids, and just being able to reach out to each other and have discussions um, and share information is crucial and very important. Now, let me ask you a final question. What would you say to the parent that turns to you and says, what you're doing is irresponsible because you know, the spread of disease has been stopped by vaccinations and you're not vaccinating your child impacts mine and you don't have the right to infringe on my child's health by not vaccinating yours. What would you say to someone that says that to you? Um, well, I would say kind of that's not really correct. I mean, diseases are, are part of life. Um, they're out there. They, they ebb and flow. As we talked about, they change, they mutate. And bacteria and virus are very clever. They're, I mean, we have millions and billions of them in our, ourselves now, and my choosing not to vaccinate really has no impact on, on your child's health. And if you are vaccinating and feel that they work, then you have nothing to worry about because your child is protected. Um, 
and so it's again that's your choice and your right um but and it, i mean if if my kid gets a cold they get a cold they stay i they stay home i get them well it's not no one who decides not to vaccinate says, I can't wait till I get a disease so I can run out in public and make sure everybody's exposed. I mean, it's not, you know, you, 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 hell, you know, and in a lot of ways I think we've traded some of these childhood diseases that tend to be mild. You know, everyone used to get chickenpox, you'd get measles, you'd get mumps, um, you'd get through it, um, you'd hit a developmental milestone, you'd be healthier now, your body, your immune system's kicked in, it knows what to do. Now you have lifelong immunity. Um, we may not have some of those diseases, but look what we have. We have juvenile diabetes. We have, you know, childhood cancers. We have ADHD. We have autism. We have all kinds of problems and chronic diseases. Um, and I don't know that we haven't, th- that the trade-off has been worth it um, in the long run. And then, right. again, I think, you know, th- this blaming the unvaccinated for medicine's failures and resurgences of disease is just not warranted, and there's no proof in that. Um, and that's, you know, that would try to have that discussion with the person and if you know if they wanted to have a true discussion i would be happy to do that if they weren't interested in that then i'm gonna move on okay now sue how can people learn more about your organization or contact you or get involved in in your fight um well the best um the coalition for vaccination choice which is just nj vaccinationchoice.org um is probably the most up-to-date um website and all this, my email is just NJ for New Jersey, A as in apple, I as in ice cream, C as in Charlie, V as in vaccination, at AOL.com, and any emails to that come directly to me. Um, and it's just, um, we're an, an all-volunteer parent group, so it's everyone kind of putting in the time they can when they can. But I just, again, encourage people to go to the New Jersey State Legislative website and, you know, f- find their local legislators, contact them. Um, they're all in your local district, they're going to be within a, a reasonable time distance um, that you can, you know, schedule a meeting. And if you want to schedule a meeting with your local legislator, I'm happy to go with anyone to talk about these issues. Um, and it's just, again, being educated and making your voice heard is so important. Sue, thank you so much for being on today. It was really, really wonderful having you. You're very knowledgeable about this, and I think that you know anyone who is interested in perhaps um, getting involved you heard Sue offer to uh, to go with you, and I think that's a good first step. Sue, thank you very much, and good luck in your fight. Oh, thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Have a good All right, one. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. All right, so we just uh, spoke with Sue Collins. She's from the New Jersey Alliance for Informed Choice and Vaccination. Um, you know, interesting points that she makes, uh, certainly things that uh, every parent should think about, whether or not you choose to vaccinate or not vaccinate. Uh, Certainly, there's enough information out there on both sides to warrant some uh, further discussion and investigation into it, coupled with the fact that you've got essentially the state telling you what you can and can't do. And I know that there are plenty of people out there that believe that uh, once the state gets involved, once government gets involved to the extent of forcing you to do something, that you need to question it. You know, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists who are going to say that pharmaceutical companies create the diseases. And, you know, we don't know if any of that is true, but there's certainly a lot to look at. So I would encourage you, if you are interested in this topic, um, you know, search it, review it. I mean, Sue clearly knew what she was talking about. She's very knowledgeable about the topic. And, um, you know, if, if you were to debate her, if you were on the other side, the opposing side, I think you'd have your hands full. So 
Uh, educate yourselves. Look into it. Don't just accept what people tell you. If you choose to vaccinate, that's fine. I mean, you know, my kids are all vaccinated. That was our choice. Um, you know, Sue's kids are not. But look into it. Don't just accept what people are telling you. Question things. Challenge things. Understand the law. You know, I, I would really encourage everyone to look at the religious and medical exemptions. Um, the religious exemption is NJSA 26-1A-1, and it, it explains as clearly as a statute can. It explains what the religious exemption is. Uh, the medical exemption can be found under NJAC, that's the administrative code, 8-57-4.3. So if you're interested in looking up those specific laws, you can. We'll provide links to those statutes in the description under our, uh, our video of this broadcast. I want to remind everybody that uh, today is Monday. We've got another show on Thursday, George Dantes, and he is a, uh, a very interesting taxidermist but he works with some big-name museums and National Geographic and um, you know, other very, very well-known organizations. And we're going to talk to him about uh, taking a passion for something and creating a business out of it. He's a very successful business owner and has had the opportunity to do a lot of uh, unique and interesting things. So we'll talk to him about how he got started, what business lessons that we can learn from him. So that should be a good show. That'll be Thursday at 10 o'clock. You can always download the episode if you've missed it. And uh, all of the links, again, will be on our YouTube channel. Please, I also encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, uh, search my name, Peter Lamont, uh, or um, you know, our, our channel, Understanding the Law, and you know, subscribe because then you'll get notification when new videos are out um, and it's it's going to help keep you aware of issues both in New Jersey and nationally on business and on law so please do that I also want to remind everybody again about our free app our app is exclusive to the iTunes store it's for iPad and iTunes it's a unique app in that it allows you to ask questions to attorneys uh, via your iPad or iPhone. How many times have you had a legal question and you, you know, you search on the internet and there's nothing that's coming back reliable. You find a hundred different uh, answers and what's your option? You either hire an attorney or you just don't know the answer to your question. So the purpose of this app is to eliminate that. Stop searching on reliable websites. Stop thinking that you have to hire an attorney to answer some basic legal questions. So this app, which is available in the iTunes store, just search our firm, Law Offices of Peter J. Lamont, and you can download it for free. And you can ask your questions for free, and you will get an answer from an attorney. And there's no more guessing and wondering, you know, is this correct? So I encourage you to download that in addition to the Ask the Lawyer a Question option on the app. You're going to get access to all of our videos. You're going to see all of our, um, our, our presentations and podcasts and, and radio broadcasts. Uh, you'll be able to listen to them streaming live as well as download uh, the video. There's um, statute of limitations in New York and New Jersey, and we're going to be expanding that into the other states. So if you're curious as to what the statute of limitations in New York and New Jersey is for something like a personal injury accident 
or a contract accident or issue, I should say, go to the app, download it, and you've got all those resources. Uh, it's free. It's really just a part of our public service to the community because we believe that people who understand the law, that people that know the law, are better off for it. Um, you know, it's, it's your right as an American citizen to know what your laws are, municipal, state, federal. It's important to understand. Don't just sit back and have people tell you, here's what you must do and what you can't do. Understand the law. And that's why, you know, we end every show with, with our, uh, our phrase, there's, there's power in understanding the law, because there is. So get interested, figure out what issues you have in your life that are, are, you know, you're passionate about, and look into it. Don't sit back and just be force-fed what government or people want you to believe. Understand it for yourself. So that's it for today. Look forward to seeing everybody uh, with us on Thursday. You'll be able to call in, and you'll be able to ask George some questions. The call-in number is 347-855-8831, or you could send your questions to us via Twitter, Facebook, uh, on the Blog Talk Radio website, or in the comments section on our YouTube channel. So I look forward to seeing you Thursday. Thanks for joining me. Have a great day, and remember that there's power in understanding the law. It's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.